If you're paying attention to anything happening in the church, you would know that the first assembly of the next Synod of Bishops, the Synod commonly referred to as the Synod on Synodality, is in October. This synod was opened in October 2021, and for the last two years, there have been diocesan, national, and continental phases where information has been gathered from all over the world about the state of the church. The process was quite open, although there were some specific questions that were posed. The goal is to consider what it means to become who God calls us to be as church altogether in the midst of the reality of today's world. Now that all the information has been gathered, the Synod delegates will meet for their first assembly in Rome during the whole month of October. And this Synod is not just a Synod of bishops, but also of lay people who are full voting members at this assembly of the Synod of Bishops. But what are they voting on? This Synod does not seek to change any doctrine, not that it could. Rather, it seeks to see how the church can be and work better together. That's what synodality means. It means walking together. So, how do we walk together? By listening to one another in order to hear what God is saying to us. It means being open to the Spirit speaking to us through anyone to help us walk forward together as a people of God. Can the church listen better? Can the hierarchy and the laity in the church walk together better? Of course we can. Let's pray that the Holy Spirit continues to take hold of this synod so that we can become more and more who we truly are as church, walking together in the midst of the entire human family, guided by the Holy Spirit. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro and sitting here with me all the way from sunny Los Angeles is Mark yes. Matthews. Sunny California. Here I am. Sunny Happy California. Happy to be back for another season. Yes, absolutely. You have a good summer. You were not in California over the summer. Uh, I was back in Canada, actually. Yes. Yeah. So, in Saskatchewan. Uh, doing, yeah. Doing a bit of remote work, seeing friends and family. and so Because yeah, I was going to ask really you time. about the flooding didn't wasn't there you weren't there i just missed the quote-unquote los angeles hurricane yeah um, but people tell me it was really anticlimactic they just said it was like a couple days of rain it really wasn't a hurricane okay so it wasn't it, it wasn't here. too bad okay that's good to, yeah, that's good thankfully. because because yeah. there's a lot of uh natural disasters happening all over the place we don't need one more yeah and i yeah. guess in Saskatchewan, would not ellie would not deal well with a hurricane yeah, yeah, no. And and in Saskatchewan, you weren't near any uh, wildfires? Uh, yeah, I was breathing in smoke the entire time. Yeah, um, really? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Alberta yeah, uh, wildfires. Yeah, from Alberta. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was That's pretty also crazy. Anyway, lots of prayers that we need for a lot Absolutely. of places around the world. Anyway, Mark, uh, it's good to have you back. Uh, welcome back. Um, today, uh, we're going to hear from Aid to the Church in Need. So as you know, they're a Catholic organization, mostly that does relief work. Although today we're going to hear from Marie-Claude Lalonde. She's the National Director of Aid to the Church in Need Canada. And she's going to tell us actually about the, the church in Mongolia, because as you know, Pope Francis was recently in Mongolia. We mm -hmm. don't hear a lot about Mongolia yeah, uh, no. in that region. So we're going to learn a little bit about the work of Aid to the Church in Need in the region in that country and in that region that's in about five minutes and then mark you're gonna be uh you're gonna hang out here and tell us we're gonna uh, hang out 
the writer strike and the well the, the writer and actor strike. We're going to talk about that. The writer and actor strike. In case people don't know, uh, actors and writers in Hollywood and outside of Hollywood are mm -hmm. are on strike, uh, which is why I actually cannot interview. They're not even doing interviews. We've been trying oh, really? to get you know yeah 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 like Jim Caviezel to get him to do an interview on Sounds of Freedom. No, not no. Which is fine because yeah. that's work for them, right? So they're not it's doing true. interviews. Yeah. So we're going to learn a little bit about that, about what's happening, what's good that's happening in Hollywood uh, okay. in about 15 minutes with Mark. And then, Mark, uh, we're going to learn about a new evangelization group that is coming to the United States. Uh, it's called Renova, uh, which actually means renew in Spanish with a little okay. Argentinian accent, uh, Renova. Okay. Um, they were founded in Argentina under Archbishop Jorge Bergoglio, who, as we know, is ah, now Pope Francis. Yes. Um, yeah. So they have the blessing of the Pope and uh, they they do great work in Argentina. They've gone to other countries and now they're expanding to the, to the United States. So their UK representative, Eugenio Socal, will be joining us to tell us about that in about 25 minutes so we can learn about this new... It's always great to hear about you know new movements in the church. The Holy Spirit yeah. is always moving and there's always stuff happening. Gives me always gives me hope. It's like, yeah, the church is continuously alive. Yeah, alive and growing. Exactly. So that's in about 25 minutes. We're going to learn about Renova uh, coming to the coming to the United States near you. <laughs> um, and then at the end of the program, we're going to be reconnecting with Bob Halligan Jr. of the Celtic Catholic rock group, Kaylee Rain. Have you heard of Kel Kaylee Rain? No, I've heard of a number of other Catholic Celtic groups, but not Kaylee really. Rain. Okay, so Kaylee Rain—they've been around for a long, long time. And Bob Halligan Jr. is—is—I mean, he writes—he writes for secular artists. He's been around oh, really? the block okay. a few times. He's that good. Yeah, he's very good. Uh, uh, but the 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 truly Celtic rock sound of Kaylee Rain, I I think is uh, is very very good. And they have a new album called Crash This Gate. Um, Bob was on the show actually last year telling us a little bit about the album, but now the album is finished. And so that's a good excuse to get Bob Halligan back on the show to listen to some more tracks. Celtic um, rock sounds great, but if it was Celtic EDM, electronic dance music, I'd be all over that. Are you really? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm kind of an electronic dance music guy. So. Uh, electronic dance music with our Hollywood undercover missionary. No, this is not <laughs> electronic dance music. And you know what? I wouldn't know. I don't know if I would call it rock. But, okay, but I think the okay. rock is probably the closest genre, but it's very Celtic, kind of classic Celtic rock. Okay, um, cool. So that's in about 45 minutes. We're going to be speaking with Bob Halligan Jr. of Kaylee Rain. And remember that if you're not going to be around for that, you can always go to our website, slmedia.org. Just click on podcasts, and that's where you can listen to all our programs. And, of course, you can get the Salt and Light Hour wherever you get your podcasts. You can go up to uh, Alexa or Google and say, Hey, play the Salt and Light Hour Catholic podcast, and that actually works. It will pull it up. Awesome. Yeah, it it works from uh, from somewhere. I don't know, TuneIn or Amazon or somewhere. Anyway, it comes up. So anyway, uh, let's start the show. Ready? Let's do it. Here we go. Here's Kaylee Rain with Love Corporation from their new album, Crash This Gate. I'm gonna start a love corporation. Join the love corporation And you'll win big, my friend If I start a love corporation I know where to begin Gonna start with my own heart 
Kaylee Rain with Love Corporation from their new album, Crash This Gate. And we're going to be speaking with Bob Halligan Jr. of Kaylee Rain at the end of the program, so I hope that you're still going to be around for that. And now it's time for... Where God Helps with Marie-Claude Lalonde from Aid to the Church in Need, Canada. Marie-Claude, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. It's good to see you. Thank you. Good to see you too. I hope you had a good summer. Um, there's always something happening that Aid to the Church in Need needs to be in there doing work. So um, I, sh- I should say thank you for all the work that you do. It's not always easy. And I and I feel like we, we never have uh, good things to talk about, but we do have good things because you guys are doing good work. So yeah, what's, what's yeah. new and exciting? <laughs> well, I, I thought it would be great to speak about the trip of the Pope in Mongolia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know barely nothing about Mongolia. And I thought it was interesting and interesting to understand why the Pope wanted to, to be there. So maybe I can tell you that it's um, a country with a little bit over 3 million inhabitants. It's quite small. Mm-hmm. And 1,500 Catholics only. And the majority of the people there are Buddhists. Mm-hmm. And the Pope was asked, um, why going there? It's a very small church, but it's growing. But he was asked why. And he said, it is precisely there away from the spotlight that we often find the signs of God's presence who does not look at appearances but at the heart and so that was the main reason he wanted to visit uh, Catholics in Mongolia and to show support and to tell them that even if they're small in numbers they're important Mm -hmm. now it is a a small church you did say that it is growing and i and i know that that's true it's grown a lot just even the, in the last uh, decades um would agencies like aid to the church and need be doing work specifically in mongolia i presume you're in the region we are in the region and in mongolia we have uh, financed several projects okay um we did send mass intentions to priests so they have a bit of money to for for their basic needs. Mm-hmm. We did um, help in various pastoral activities. So they would say, "I need so uh, this thing. I'm to run that program." And and so a to the church in need was there. And we also repaired the missionary center in uh, Ulan Bator. I hope I'm saying it right. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, they have a pastoral center, missionary center there, and we help for renovation. And of course, like in all other countries where we are implicated, our ears are open to see what are the needs of the local church. Mm-hmm. Now, Mongolia is bordering China. And I know that there was a lot of conversation while the Pope was there about the relations between the Vatican and China. Does Aid to the Church in Need have any projects in China? Is that even possible? We have a few projects in China. Unfortunately, not to endanger our partner projects. I can't speak about those mm-hmm. those specific projects. But yes, we are implicated in China for many, many years now. Yeah. And when you talk about the region, then what other countries are you speaking about? 
Well, we do have pro uh, projects in Russia. Uh, okay. It has become difficult with the war now, but uh, since the 90s, since the fall of communism, we are helping uh, in, uh, in Russia and in the countries that were under the USSR as well. Mm -hmm. uh, because over there, it's, uh, the church was reborn after communism. Mm -hmm. And they have many, many needs. And it's the case for uh, Ukraine, uh, Romania, uh, Slovakia. So, yes, mm -hmm. we are implicated in the region. And it's a region of, I would say, quite a young church because it was really a rebirth after communism. And they have a lot of needs to cover to be able to conduct their their regular activities their pastoral activities yeah it's really interesting what you're saying because i think that a lot of us think of the work of aid to the church in need and we're thinking about relief work but in many places like you just described in mongolia you're doing just kind of very basic supporting the church when you said it's a small church i don't know if people realize how small do you know how many how many priests or how many parishes there are in the whole country they have nine parishes <laughs> and one diocese. So if it's one diocese, nine parishes, obviously there aren't enough Catholics to support financially the church, right? Definitely not. Yeah. So then would you say that the majority of the work that you're doing then is, is just basic supporting the church, like you said, making sure that they have money to keep the lights on, to, to, to do the work that they're doing? Absolutely. That's what, that's what we do. In, in many countries, but specifically in Mongolia. Yeah. And would most of the priests be foreigners? Yes, they do have uh, foreigner priests, uh, but there are administrative problems with renewing visas, and the government is a bit difficult sometimes with the Catholic Church. But on the other end, they are completely free to practice their faith. Mm. So, uh, yes, it's it's just tougher you know for missionaries to renew visas and hopefully in a few years they mm -hmm. will be autonomous and have their own priest yeah but that's right what you said that it's that it's they have freedom of religion um i'm remembering the a couple months ago when ed clancy was here and he spoke to us about the religious freedom report that aid to the church in need puts out um would there have been any concerns in that region i mean or specifically in mongolia about religious freedom no eh? No, no, no. Yeah. Actually, it's it's quite good. And the relationships between the people and between the religion seems to be very, very nice. Actually, the, the Pope attended an interreligious meeting while he was in Mongolia. And you and I, I read that they had monks, shamans, Buddhists, Jews, Muslims, Christians all together. And it, it was, uh, I would say, a meeting like any other meeting. There was no particular concerns uh, in between religious leaders. Yeah, I heard the same. And I think for me, of the events that I got to watch, that was one of the ones that I think was the most meaningful. Um, maybe in closing, I, I presume that having the Pope travel to a country like Mongolia is good for agencies like Aid to the Church in Need. You talked about you know, priests or, or or missionaries having problems renewing visas, obviously that maybe would improve. So um, how would the Pope traveling to a country uh, help agencies like Aid to the Church in Need in the work that you do? Well, in fact, the Pope uh, very often opens doors 
uh, it opens doors for agencies for all kinds of help. Uh, because when he goes in a country, the government is implicated, the mm -hmm. diplomats are implicated, mm -hmm. and, and so on. And so just that work of opening the door is uh, very, very important for all agencies, including a church in need, yes. Mm -hmm. Which is good, because then you're is good. able to continue <laughs> doing all the good work that you're doing. Um, actually, it's good to hear some good news <laughs> from from <laughs> from you guys. Um, thank you, Marie Claude, for telling us a little bit about about what you know about the church in Mongolia and for the work that you've been doing there. Thank you. Marie Claude Lalonde is the national director of Aid to the Church in Need Canada, and you can find out more about Aid to the Church in Need if you're in Canada at acn-canada.org. And if you're, you're in the United States, it's churchinneed.org. Hi, this is Jason Everett from chastityproject.com, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. You can get in touch with me, Deacon Pedro, by email, pedro at slmedia.org, or you can also find me on Facebook. Twitter or Instagram at Deacon Pedro. And now it's time for What's Good in Hollywood with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Do we even say Twitter anymore? I don't know. Oh man, that's a good question. X, isn't it twins, Twinsta, Axtagram or chat? Chat? No, I, chat, don't, uh, I don't. Know. I've been saying the, the artist, chat the, app, the artist formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Everything the, changes. Yeah, so. uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe nobody uses Twitter. Anyway, so you're going to tell us about the the writers' strike. Dude, maybe people don't yeah, even know so what that that's happening. It's true. It, it's a it's a big deal. It's a writers' and an actors' strike, mm -hmm. um, and it basically means that it's complete work stop. And all anyone who works on set, they're all out of a job. So um, very bad for a place where people have already been leaving in droves during COVID. Um, and I think kind of even worse because then the studios rely on reality television, which <laughs> is not which is so good not either. the best. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, no, it's not the direction we want to be going in our entertainment. So. I never even thought of that. So I guess the people who are not members, because it's the two unions, SAG uh, is yeah, the actors the, union. And WGA is the writers union. So and the like the Teamsters or all the other people who do like the other work they would not kind of in solidarity with yeah exactly well, and, and it's and i think it's kind of like without the actors like the other guilds can't work regardless just because yeah. if the actors aren't going to work they're not going to need lighting technicians and audio technicians and all that kind of stuff no, but i just so. wondered even with like the reality tv that could technically still oh, work would, would they I be see. having to cross picket no, lines or anything like that i don't think so i haven't heard much about that so i don't yeah, think they're having interesting to do that. anyway yeah. it's messed up and it's been gone it's been going on for a long time. For four months now, since the beginning of the summer, basically. Crazy. I think maybe maybe three. Um, and what it's what what's interesting about it is like so they both want, you know, better pay, better working conditions, but there's also they want protections against artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. So the writers guild, they don't want any AI generated material used, period. Mm -hmm. Um, and the actors want, you know, kind of they they don't want unlimited usage of say like, you know, body scans of people and things like that being used later. So yeah. And, and, and my, you know, my, my take on it is I'm like, well, you know, I mean, I've been talking about AI already here and what it's going to be doing uh, on the salt and light hour for, you know, a couple of years. So they must've been listening to me and, and my predictions. I'm sure that they have. Yes. <laughs> but, Although, but, I mean, but 
I was sorry to interrupt, but you you've been saying positive things about AI. You haven't been saying like it's all not doom and gloom, but clearly yeah. there are concerns. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think they're right. Like it can take some of their jobs that they are worried about. And so I think mm -hmm. I mean, maybe not quite seeing it now, but I think they're wise to, you know, bring this up as an issue now before it becomes entrenched. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think like it's they they both, I think, have kind of positions that are kind of untenable. Um, and so it's it's complicated. They're going to need to make some compromises, which I think are are very difficult. So, um, and I guess like kind of like my take is that the genie is out of the bottle. You know, there's no putting it back. People are going to use AI for art generation for for eternity for the rest of time now. Mm -hmm. um, and it, so I was at Saskatoon Comic Con this summer. Believe yeah. it or not, Saskatoon yes. has a Comic Con. That's funny. <laughs> um, and I asked a lot of the artists, I'm like, well, how do you feel about generative AI? And not surprisingly, like most of them were vehemently against it. Like it brought this emotional reaction. Mm. But what was interesting is that the older, wiser artists said, they're just like, I think that's insecurity in them. And you just need to accept it as a new tool and learn to use it. And, and so I kind of think like, even if the WGA got their demands of like a complete prohibition on it, like I guarantee like writers will be, they would be using it clandestinely. Mm -hmm. And so like, I've already talked to friends, you know, like they'll use it for like idea generation or like a first draft or something or summarizing. Um, and so it's gonna be worked in as a tool regardless. Yeah. Um, and so I think, I think it need, there needs to be a compromise made somehow. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I, I was kind of thinking, I'm like, well, what is, you know, what does our faith say about this? Um, and I think, I think there's two sides to it. So one is I think it's a mistake to cling to a job or career too tightly. I think it might give us a sense of security, but sometimes that can get misplaced when our true security should be in the good news of salvation. You know, God never guaranteed us a steady career. You know, he did guarantee us eternal salvation and you know joy with him so so that's one side of it mm -hmm. the other side of it is that also the the principles of justice need to prevail yeah. you know we need to give credit where credit is due um you know I, I don't think they should be unlimited uh use cases for say like scanning a human and using them for eternity you know mm -hmm. and you know as a, as a virtual background actor and things like that um you know it's it's a complicated area of law and i mean also too like all these ai systems learn from all the human content that has been generated, you know, there's new copyright laws that sort of need to be, you know, invented or discussed ar around that too. Mm -hmm. So, so I think, I think the, I think the real answer is going to need to be a compromise. Um, I, I also think too, like even at kind of like a higher level, we make a mistake when we reduce the creative arts to apish mimicry. Um, all these generative AI systems have learned from our her human works in the first mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. And so, so if we stop making those, like, where's it going to learn those from? So, yeah. uh, so that's part of it, you know, and that like <clears throat> our art should ultimately reflect an authentic human experience. And because AI does not have that human experience, it will never be able to truly generate a new human experience. Yeah. So, 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 we, you know, so, so it's, it, yeah, it, it's complicated, you know. It, it it is, and in the in the past, you've spoken about you know people being hesitant or scared about new technology, and and we eventually kind of embrace it and use it as you know new tools. Um, 
but it's funny how sometimes we like to go back. I, I, you know, people listening to vinyl, for example. Yeah, and, it's and true. It's like there are young people buying vinyl because they just don't want to use Spotify because they want to own something. They want to hold the album in their hands. I, I know yeah. young people, they don't even own a record player, but they buy vinyl. They have like, oh. <laughs> you know, why do you buy these albums? It's like, because they feel like they own it. Um, so that's interesting. I think that, that the, maybe the pendulum will swing back as we yeah. discover that. Yeah. We, yeah. Instagram is great, but we don't want to be on social media all the time. We want to have yeah. you know, Zoom is great to to connect as a tool, but I want to have a real personal meeting with Mark Matthews. I don't want to be yeah. talking to Mark on Zoom. I think at some point there will be some generation that will just completely cast off social media. They'll yeah, be like, yeah, so. we're, the, we're the realists. We only do real person interaction. Well, look at the Amish, you know, or the, or the yeah. Mennonites. I mean, that's what they're, and they're making it work. So it'll be interesting, but I, I, I agree. I think it's important that, you know, people, people have a right to work and they have a right to be compensated fairly for their work um, and uh, to not be abused. So yeah. I, I hope yes. that that is able to be resolved, not just because we want to, you know, make good movies, but because we want people to be able to work. And we're not talking about yeah. the, about the million dollar, you know, actors. We're talking about the little actors, your friends. Exactly. That, yeah. that can barely even, you know, pay rent. And, and ultimately, yeah. like a good set of a good compromise would allow that to flourish, would, yeah. you know, give proper compensation and allow true, authentic, real new art to, to be created that would entertain us and uplift us all. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And it's good that the conversation is happening now and not like the streaming conversation never happened. And exactly. a lot of them are getting yeah. screwed because of that now. So let's have the yeah. conversation before AI even becomes a thing. Okay, yeah. well, maybe we should keep uh, that whole situation in our prayers. Yes, great idea. Amen. Thank you, Mark. Uh, something sort of good, sort of good happening in Hollywood. <laughs> Ultimately, hopefully. Hopefully, something good. In Hollywood with Mark Matthews, our undercover Hollywood missionary. You can follow him at HU Missionary. Coming up in our second half hour, a new evangelization movement coming to the United States, and we reconnect with singer-songwriter Bob Halligan Jr. of Kaylee Rain, so stay tuned. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. I hope that some of you will remember from the early days of Pope Francis's papacy his use of the expression, a church that goes out. This is a model of a missionary church, a church of missionary disciples. But being missionary disciples is not easy. And so in order to help parishes do this better, in 2017, a movement began in Argentina with the goal of giving parishes the tools that they need. Renova Mas, which means renew more, began in Argentina and has now spread to some 10 countries. And now they will be expanding to the United States with offices in the Archdiocese of Washington. And to find out more, earlier this week I spoke with one of the founders of the movement, Eugenio Sucal, from his home in London, England. Eugenio, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. It's good to meet you. Thank you so much for having me. So what is, I don't think I explained it well, so what, how would you say, what is Renova or Renova? <laughs> Renova, in, in few words, Renova is a global network of lay missionaries, an international organization that serves the Catholic Church in its mission and its evangelization journey. And so how did it start? Well, we started... Uh, when we began the the seed that the Lord planted 
in each of our four founders, Andres, Diego, Guillermo, and myself, uh -huh. uh, to put all our talents at the service of a participative, outgoing, and synodal church. That was what we started speaking about in a round table with some coffees in the middle. And we began to dream of the project uh, and with the advice and the support of Pope Francis, that was a very, very big gift from the Holy Spirit. We have managed to turn this dream into concrete actions on a global level, resulting in many enriched communities and the joy of the gospel present in each of our actions. Okay, so let me go back to, to Pope Francis, yeah. because so how long ago was this when you started? Was he the archbishop or was he already pope? Uh, he was already pope. So after dreaming all this, we just wrote a letter, which uh, has had to be sent by fax. Uh, <laughs> to the Vatican. And that was a kind of a filter. Obviously, they answered by email. They yes. won't. <laughs> yes. They was, uh, but as a filter, as a, the, the, the ingoing, they, they received fax. And he answered very quickly, receiving us in a private audience. Okay. And we traveled with the whole team. We presented him the ideas but basically what 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 gave us some some success in that first meeting was that we presented him projects that were making concrete the things he said that should be done it's not that were ideas from ourselves but were really the the concrete actions for things that he was already saying and writing about in encyclicals so that's why the match was so perfect so would you say that that you you spoke about that original seed, the inspiration. Yeah. Do you think that the because you I mean you grew up in Buenos Aires I'm I'm assuming in Argentina yeah um yeah. he would have been Archbishop or Cardinal of Buenos Aires at some point during your life yes do you think that that seed was partly inspired by some of the work or his words while he was Archbishop of Buenos Aires for sure because. Uh, myself, I was in another diocese, uh, okay. but uh, Andres and Guillermo uh, worked with him uh, closely, so there was a seed. But obviously, when he became a pope, he completely changed his agenda and his his way of, of, of seeing the world, and he started to, to really, really think and speak globally, uh, and we started to dream in a in a global church in the change of a global church right so we had a, we had a match in his new role and in our new the new size of our of our dreams yeah let me ask you about the mission because i mean it's obviously to to join in the evangelization efforts of the church that sounds very general yeah uh, there's a lot of groups that are doing that but what is specific about renova and how you do evangelization great what we define as a mission is that uh, we provide support to the parish priest in the development of pastoral activities within the community uh, with the aim of contributing to its growth and optimization. Our approach and our support are project-based and a consultative approach and involve the implementation of training programs and pastoral work uh, and, well, pastoral tools for as long as the parish requires us. So it's okay. a project approach. So you work uh, closely with parishes. So a parish would contact you and say, hey, I would like some support. Is that is that yes. as simple as that? Th that it is. And as activities, we we have a, 
mainly a, a training program and a training institute in the areas of education, catechesis, healing, leadership, teaching, and Bible. Oh. And, and, and yeah, and we also have artistic projects. And with that, we work for enriching the, the pastoral programs of the, of the parishes. Okay, so so it's a parish support. Do you also do events or anything at a larger scale outside of the support that you do for parishes? Yes, obviously in in this growing uh, in this growing phase we are going through, um, we are we are obviously asked to do other stuff than the, than the core, but yeah, it, it depends on the country, it depends on the needs. Okay. We are open to that. We have a lot of experience in, in events. Uh, uh, me, myself, I produce massive event of 100,000 people. Yes. But, but yeah, we, we, we have a lot of, of talent in, in, in our table, more than 60 people mm. working. But, but we try to, to focus in this core because, yeah, it takes a lot of time. And to really be successful with the projects, we have to just discard some things. But we are we are capable of doing d different projects. Yeah. yeah. So, it, like you said, it, it depends on the needs of the diocese yeah. or the or the particular parish. Um, so uh, it started in Argentina. You you live in in England. You're yes. hoping to expand or expanding shortly to to the United States in North America. Uh, what other countries? Where else is, are you? Uh, where else are you? Well, we have carried out concrete actions in more than 90 dioceses worldwide. Some of the countries uh, we have worked the most, including uh, Belgium, Germany, France, Spain, uh, in Europe, and then in Americas, uh, Mexico, Costa Rica, Belize, Panama, Peru, Colombia, Argentina, obviously. Yes. And uh, after working together for more than two years with leaders of pastoral work, with Hispanic communities in the U.S., we are opening our office in Maryland to establish permanent support work in the territory. Okay, and obviously, when you go into another country, like you're going into the United States, do you have to be invited by the bishop? How does that work? Well, actually, uh, our our work in the U.S. is together with with uh, with the Archbishop of Washington. But okay. the, the, the first seed was planted by Pope Francis himself, who wrote a letter uh, to, to the Archbishop uh, asking directly uh, yeah. for him to receive us. Okay, it helps to have the Pope on your side, I guess. <laughs> I, I, th I think it helps, but that is a, a, a correct way of defining it. It yeah. helps, but okay. it's not mandatory. No, so okay. we, we have to be useful and, and with a complete service attitude to be received. And likely we're we're being very well received, and obviously before giving this big step, we've been working together for more than two years, understanding the needs. Right. And the thing that really made us uh, getting like in place uh, was that the um, the conclusions of the fifth meeting for the Hispanic communities were just a perfect match okay. for the things we do in Renova. So the conclusions about a permanent okay. mission church a space for participation and listening and synodal elections are just what I just described. Exactly what you're doing. So yeah. that match was perfect. So we will be uh, uh, an arm for the church in implementing all the conclusions of the fifth meeting. 
So do you think that you will be primarily be working with Hispanic communities in the United States or you hope to also Definitely, be doing ministry? That will be our focus. That will be our focus. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so how can people, how do you think people in North America can benefit from your ministry? Well, the idea is that they worked in a, in a synodal way during years to, to understand what are the things that should be done in a mm -hmm. pastoral approach for the church to grow, for the church to, to change, for the church to acquire this, uh, this spirit that, that Pope Francis is trying to transmit. Uh, so all the actions they are planning to do, we will do, uh, we will help in implementing. So that is our main goal, to be servicing church and Hispanic communities for implementing the actions of the fifth meeting. Yes, and hopefully as you grow, you eventually will also be helping not just the Hispanic community, but also the everyone, all Catholics. We are the... Catholics, we are universal. Yes. They say God will show us the way as the he always is. did. We yes. couldn't imagine like in this round table with a coffee in the middle, we couldn't imagine working <laughs> this size, this huge, this in this level with this level of service. Uh, but yeah, we are completely uh, just driven by this Holy Spirit. So obviously open to anything he, he brings for us. Well, and we're very excited that you're coming closer to Canada and maybe one day you'll actually be in Canada. Um, Eugenio, it's been great meeting you and uh, God bless you and your team on your ministry as it grows. And I hope to see you soon. Thank you so much. And yeah, hopefully we'll meet sooner or later and well thank you for inviting us to, to share our mission you can learn more about renovamas at their website renovamas.org i'll post that link on our site slmedia.org podcast so you can find it easily if you missed any part of this conversation that's also where you can listen to the full program and all our programs here now is kaylee rain with birdhouse from their album crash this gate there's a mouse in the birdhouse He's made it his home I don't know how he got up there Oh, on his own Mother Nature, she makes some moves That you could never foresee I guess the mouse needs a house more than me we grease the pool to keep the mouse out Let the birds make a bed But once they did, he slid up there Now he's sleeping under it instead Broke my heart and the birdies too Like dropping nuts from a tree But yes, the mouse needs a house more than me Maybe we're lucky It wasn't the skunk Or a snake who climbed up there Late one night drunk We'd probably get used to One of them two Cause what if it was me? What if it was you? There's a mouse in the birdhouse And that rascal's no fool Now he sees we won't evict him As 
Kaylee Rain with Birdhouse from their album Crash This Gate. About a year and a half ago, we reconnected with Bob Halligan Jr. of Kaylee Rain. Kaylee Rain is probably one of the first Catholic bands that I ever heard of over 20 years ago. We first had Bob Halligan on this program about 14 years ago, and last year we spoke to him because they were working on their ninth studio album, Crash This Gate. We had a chance to play some of the tracks, but the album was not yet completed. If you haven't heard of Kaylee Rain, I hope that you listen to the song we just played and that you're excited about their mainstream Celtic rock blend. Well, Crash This Gate is now finished and out, and so it's a good excuse to once again speak with Bob Halligan Jr., who I spoke with earlier this week from his home in Nashville. Bob, welcome back to the show. It's so good to see you. It's great to see you, Pedro. Thanks for uh, enduring me coming back. No, uh, hey, it was so a, soon. a great excuse. I'm glad that you finally finished the album. It took yeah, a yeah, long yeah. time. Yeah, we were a little bit slow, but yeah, there, there it is. is, you know, there so amen. Amen, amen to that. Amen. And, and of course, we'll get, we'll get to talk a little bit about the album uh, in, a, in a while, but uh, did you have a good summer? Lots of, you got, got yeah. lots of golfing in there? Lots of golf. Uh, uh, I'm a low handicap guy. And in English, that means I'm real good. I, I had a good year. So, good. Uh, good. but it's Not up and down. It's like everything else. You just have to give it to God and uh, trust that, you know, no one will be harmed. <laughs> um, but you still managed to get in a couple gigs as well. Yeah, we played uh, a great gig in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, that was well attended at St. Henry's Church there. Okay. Uh, biggest church in Catholic church in Nashville, mm-hmm. uh, then a non-church in North Conway, New Hampshire, uh, 10 days after that, a big outdoor festival, two or 3000 people and much dancing. And uh, so the six headed Kaylee rain Celtic rock monster abides. Abides. So six is that, and of course, six headed because yeah. there are six of you. Yes. Is it the same six guys from 28 years ago? Uh, no, but it's it's the same guys from uh, maybe 14 years ago. That's so, impressive. So, yeah. So uh, Raymond Arias, lead guitar in the group for maybe 26 years. Bert Mitchell in the group about 25 on Whistles and Pipes. Mm. Bill Blystein, our drummer for 20 plus Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Davoli, our fiddler for about, uh, 16 years and, um, Kevin D'Souza, our bassist for like 12, 13 years, something like That's that. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. So I know that you're, uh, is it fair to say that you do all the songwriting or most of the songwriting? I'm afraid so. Yes, you're right you are, there. No, Pedro. it's not bad. So, but I'm curious to know how that process is. Do you, do you write the, the, the music, you bring it to the band? Yeah. Why did you want together? 
Did you want to submit a song? Is that Can I submit a song? This, Can I send no. you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. So I'll straight. How's up the process with right the band? Here. How's the process with the band? Yeah. Uh, I write a song. I make, uh, you know, s- some of it is a demonstration recording. We used to mm-hmm. call it a demo, a demo right? Yeah. Uh, but a lot of times I write and I use Pro Tools and my yeah. rig is over that away. Mm-hmm. And um, so... As I'm writing, I try to record what I think could be the final, whether it's the vocal or the bass part or whatever, piano part. Um, so some of what they hear is what might end up on the record. And uh, and then I do, with keyboard, I do little fake uh, whistles and flutes and stuff okay. like that to, to give them a roadmap. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the is evident mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to write it out with musical notation because they have great ears and can, you know, figure it out for themselves. Right. And uh, so I just send the stuff out to the other five lads and yeah. and they capture what I am looking for, but then they bring their own personalities to it, of course. Yeah. And I guess that's what I was thinking, especially the fiddle and the pipes, uh, um, yeah. you know, are they improvising probably some of it? Yeah, the, the stuff that kind of sounds improvised is that, yeah. whereas the sort of signature melodies uh, that are often on the intro, like instead of bump, 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 instead of, you know, yeah. deep purple kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, it's as I said, and then repeat that kind of thing, but slow enough so the people can take it in and you know, be humming it right. on the way out. And are you, are you are you doing most of your own production or do you go work with a music producer? Um, I, I do a lot of it, but then, yeah, I did produce this album, but yeah. the mix and the mastering, because my 70-year-old rock and roll abused ears are not able to really sign right. off on oh. a final thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a guy named Roman Clune, K-L-U-N, who's a fine Canadian fellow. Oh, yeah, much, the, the best. Much like your fine selves. There. The best, the best. Um, Roman did the mix and the master, and it was genius work, in my opinion, and, and really um, allowed everything to come through. Because mm-hmm. when you have six members of the group and kind of honorary seven and eight people at times right it's just a a lot of sonic mouths to feed if you will Mm -hmm. and um if you have somebody whose genius like roman is then you don't have all the band members saying well what about me more me more me and Mm -hmm. everything can be heard if the guy knows what he's doing and roman Mm -hmm. does now you titled the album crash this gate that is uh, one of the tracks is called crash this gate and last time we spoke uh about a year and a half ago you told us that you know but the 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 meaning of that that you that your son was in the army and if you could crash this gate and you that's an image of jesus if if jesus could crash this gate to save us he would um why i'm always curious to know why did you feel or want that particular song to sort of be the title for the whole album do you feel that that's the theme of the whole album yeah um you know, we we do have to stretch a little bit to think of it as the theme per mm. se, okay? Mm-hmm. But uh, if called out on the carpet and asked to uh, address that subject, I'll say it this way. Uh, uh, pardon me. 
Yeah, Liam was was in the Marine Corps, and the very last difficult thing, um, I wished I could help him, and mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I wrote him a cosmic letter. If I could crash this gate between you and where you got to go, I would do it for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the way that Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit w- would do that for us, but there's this nasty thing called free will and so we kind of have to crash our own gates sometimes but we do know that if it is god's will and it's proper and the the right thing that should happen that the all the gates will be pushed open will be Mm -hmm. crashed through and um so it's it's a it's a positive message it it suggests the need for of some force and i think as Christians, as humans, we have to bring a little force to bear at times. We can't just kind of, you know, sit back and, well, we'll hope that things, we have to be prayer. That's why we say prayer warriors, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. we, we can't just, um, yeah, whatever you say. And, and it is whatever you say, but let me bring some passion, some, some excitement, some some uh faith-filled joys joy-filled faith you Mm -hmm. know to the party and we'll crash that the gate to the party Mm -hmm. i want to get in that party y'all yeah i need to be in there no and i think that that's that's a great image and i'm glad you mentioned party because there's there's something very kaylee ish about a party or something very party ish about a kaylee um you got it you are doing a lot of events where people are dancing i know you jump around stage a lot yeah is it your hope that the music will be go deeper than that for a lot of people oh yeah well you know it's 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 meant to it's meant for kids from three to 93 yeah Right. And so, but it can, it can work in a pub, but some people of a more serious bent may wish to imbibe a different kind of spirit with it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, not everybody listens to lyrics, Pedro, as, as we know. Right. But Mm -hmm. um, I think enough of it will seep through. Um. And this this gig that we do in North Conway, New Hampshire, we do it every couple of years. Mm-hmm. They played the fire out of our first album way back 25 years ago. And um, so we're kind of a hit act in that town. And the spirituality, I won't call it religiosity, but the spirituality yeah. in our songs really mm-hmm. has such tremendous power with those audiences and it's not that they rush to confession or communion or whatever but they they really feel it and they're really with us and when i raise my fist at the end of our signature song kaylee rain they are so with us it's really it's it's freaky and um so yeah you know the the kids from three to 93 uh want that sort of vertical connection and power mm-hmm. and and w- we we get to bring it uh not that we have to bring it or want to, we get to bring it and it's 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 really quite amazing to be uh a conduit for that it's pretty yeah, great it is great and you do bring it and you do get a, a really good job at reminding us that uh heaven is going to be a great party 
Yeah. Amen. Cool. Amen. Bob Halligan Jr. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that we yeah. that you finally finally finished the album. And yeah. it's a great treat for us because normally we get to play three songs, but for this one we got to play six because you were on twice. So it's yummy, the, yummy. The, the other tracks. So I hope that people enjoy what they're listening to and that they can uh, support your ministry. Bob Halligan, it's so good to see you again, my friend. Oh, Take care. Lovely Pedro. God bless you. You're, you too. you're terrific. I love your smile, man. God bless my friend. You can learn all about Bob Halligan Jr. and Kaylee Rain and get their new album, Crash This Gate, at their website, kayleerain.com. And Kaylee is spelled C-E-I-L-I, Kaylee. But I'll put that link on our site so you can find it easily. That's slmedia.org slash podcast. Here now to take us out is Kaylee Rain with 10 million from their newest album, Crash This Gate. Ten more days of being here all alone is feeling more and more like torture. I'm worried that if I can't take it being here on my own, about the older people, folks with no money, and I miss my mother, I miss my dad, all the joy the old world has. So tired of those and those, my eyes and I see people. We're listening to Kaylee Rain with 10 million from their newest album, Crash This Gate, and that will take us to the end of our program today. To listen to the full program, go to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. That's also where we post links to all our guests and resources. Please go and check them out and support their ministries. You can also subscribe to the Sultanite Hour Catholic Podcast on your podcast app of choice. No excuses for not listening to the show. If you like the program, be sure to give us lots of stars and likes and a good review so that more people can come across the show. Next week, we'll be speaking with Christian film producer Bob Katz. He's the producer of God's Not Dead and Do You Believe? He has a new film, The Blind, coming out soon, and he recently converted to Catholicism. So you don't want to miss that interview. That's next week on the Salt and Light Hour. And uh, he'll be here with singer-songwriter Amanda Vernon. So it's going to be a great show. I hope that you can join us. See you then. We pray that you stay safe, that you pray for each other and take care of each other. Thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour. <laughs>